So quick disclaimer before this week's episode, it's sadly been brought to our attention that Joshua Duggar, the member of the Duggar family and the famous show 19 and Counting on TLC, has been arrested. Yes, you've heard it here. He was arrested on accounts of receipt and possession of child pornography. Why are we not surprised? So I hope you love this week's episode as we delve down the rabbit hole with our special guest, the Pretty Basic, AKA Laura, and we talk about ATI, the very organization that the Duggar family is a member to. Interesting. Happy listening. Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole Heroines. I am Jessica, the Big Weird Mom. And I am Jess, Crazy Mother Runner. (laughs) And we have a very special guest today. We are going down the culty rabbit hole Mm -hmm. that is Laura from The Pretty Basic. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Absolutely happy to be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're just going to hop in today. Um, I know that we've got a lot of questions for her. Um, so we are going to go jump, jump straight into the rabbit hole. Um, Laura, if you want to start off by introducing yourself, tell us your handles, and then we'll just jump right in. Sure. Yeah. I'm Laura Smith. Um, my handle on TikTok and pretty much everywhere is at the pretty basic which I chose because I'm a basic white girl and I wanted to own that before people started to troll me about it. <laughs> so, just be right um, up front. <laughs> you're exactly, exactly. Let's just get ahead of it. <laughs> so um, I grew up in, I'm 35 now. I live just north of Austin, two dogs, no kids. I run a business out of my house. Um, I, the reason I'm here on your podcast today (laughs) is because I was raised in a a cult. What I didn't realize was a cult until I was an adult looking back on it. Um, The, what I usually tell people is that if you've seen the 19 kids and counting show with the Duggars, it's the same cult that they grew, they were in. Um, So if you thought their life was weird or it it was on purpose, they were, um, in the same cult that my family was in. So the basics of the cult were um, pretty much the cult leader, Bill Gothard, was akin to God. God spoke to him to tell us lowly people how we should live. So (laughs) he would then share his message with the fathers of the household because the fathers are the most important person in the household of course of course of course they would share (laughs) then they may or may not share the info with the mothers (laughs) i mean do they matter right no not in that not to not to bill gothard not at all so and ironically of course he was never married never had kids so he had all this knowledge on how to raise kids just ready to go for some reason (laughs) so then the the separation of gender became between me and my brothers 
boys were allowed to get an education, go to college, have opinions. Um, girls were not. <laughs> we were supposed to um, learn the household, uh, learn how to be pregnant. Uh, get when married. The wanted you to. <laughs> yep. get, get married and have babies, be barefoot in the kitchen. That's it. So I wow. did not go to college. Um, so that was <laughs> a choice, I guess, whatever. I haven't, I don't yeah. Know. But that's the basics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I know what I, I didn't even know this about you until today, even though I've been following you from the beginning, your very first TikTok video went viral because you were one of the first to really dive into this, you know, this like, you know, self-proclaimed, I was in a cult and I want to tell mm -hmm. my story. Yeah. Um, so let's take a look at that video that we have. Yeah. This is her very first viral video on TikTok. Put your hand down if you decided to make your first TikTok video about how your parents joined a cult when you were 12 and they treated boys and girls very differently. Girls were supposed to stay in the home. Boys were supposed to go out and get a job and support the family. So you and your brothers had very different childhoods and sometimes they blame you for making things up but you actually lived these things. And the leader of the cult really, really liked little girls and it affected a lot of your friends but it didn't affect you as badly. And so you decided you want to tell your story somehow and your therapist said it might be a good idea to write a journal but when you were younger, journals weren't allowed because you weren't allowed to have any privacy because you might write something that is sinful and you might go to hell because of it so you don't like to write but you don't mind talking and sharing your story with people so you decided to get on TikTok and give this a try and the man who was the leader of the cult is still alive and he should be in jail but he's not and every day you check Google to see if anything has happened but nothing has and you're gonna definitely give names on this account. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely gonna so spill the tea. There you go. <laughs> so fast. I forgot I included all that information. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's, it's like, lot. how can you cram it in 60 seconds? Let's get it. Let's get it. <laughs> and it so anytime that, I watch the video again, I, I say, put your hand down in the beginning. And it bothers me so much. I'm like, oh, I can't do the one little finger down thing. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> A natural TikToker, so this hey, is it was your very first TikTok, and that never <laughs> yes. happens. You know, it doesn't go viral your first time. You were yeah. kind of an enigma there. So, uh, did yeah. that go viral right away? Explain that experience right away. Um, I made the video, and because I ha I downloaded TikTok a good six months before that, and was just watching it. Pandemic made me feel better, see funny things. Um. So I was like, you know what, let me just, my therapist had suggested I start keeping a journal. To this day, I don't keep a journal. I just can't do it. So um, instead, I put all my information out on the internet. Um, I didn't think a single person would even see it. I thought, you know what, I'm going to make these TikToks and they'll all be right there in the app for me to refer to as a journal, as, yeah, as my right. thought process, my healing, all of this goes on. So I literally didn't even look at TikTok again. And in the morning, I woke up to a million views Jesus. the next morning wow. and I couldn't, I, I couldn't process it i still can't process it the fact that more than a million people have seen me say all that yeah <laughs> it's very um it's very humbling and you it gives you a sense of um responsibility that I want to do my best to tell my story as authentically to me as I can. And right. because I was raised in such a way that you weren't allowed to have your own thoughts, feelings, et cetera, 
it's hard for me as an adult to actually explain things sometimes. I know what they are, but I can't. So that's why I'm in therapy to get those tools because I yeah. need them. I wasn't given them as a child. So, right. Yeah. Right. And why don't you start from the beginning with, with your family and your family's involvement? How did that kind of come to be? Yeah. So we were, we were pretty strict Southern Baptists from the beginning, from when I was born. Um, but then around age 12, uh, my brothers were younger, two years younger each, and um, we were going to a new church, and my mom met a family, uh, two different families, who had gone to Bill Gothard's seminar on how to, tr how to train your children correctly. So they thought, you know, um, let's go to the seminar. So they went to the seminar, and it was Bill Gothard teaching you how to raise your kids. And I guess it, it resonated with them. I guess they thought it was a good idea. So then after the seminar, after that, it's called the basic seminar. They will try to upsell you into their homeschool program. Uh -huh. So my mom thought we're already homeschooling. We were already homeschooling. So yeah. she thought, great, a curriculum, yeah. you know, all this good information I want to instill in my kids. So we enrolled in their homeschool program, which is the cult. Yeah, so yeah. that's how it started. I was 12. Um, many of my peers were in ATI from birth. So wow. um, it was it was a little bit of an adjustment for me, but not that much spiritually. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, because Southern Baptists are very fundamentalist, et cetera. Yes. Pretty, I'm a pretty former Southern Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. so, 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 you know, yeah. So, yeah. It, so, but the adjustments were like the way I had to dress, the things I had, I wasn't allowed to read certain books, watch certain movies, even kid movies. Like we weren't allowed to watch Disney, which is mm -hmm. very, those type of things that changed for me. Right. So, yeah. Right. And that what was that adjustment hard. like for you besides, you know, what you said, were you, was that like ringing any alarm bells for you or was it just like, oh, this is another kind of. Yeah, it strict. didn't – I don't know because, like, it didn't ring any alarm bells for me, although I was a little weirded out because – and this is a standard practice with ATI families. I don't know where it comes from or who told someone to do this, but you would get, like, all your Disney movies and all your bad stuff and grill it. Like, you'd put it on the grill and light it all on fire. Yeah. Jesus. So <laughs> that was bizarre. Yeah, like a but, sacrificial – I'm going to give up all of these sins kind of thing. Basically. <laughs> yes. And like, if you burn it somehow, you don't, you're not, you, you, you're absolved. Yeah. Um, right. But I was, I was particularly sad that I had to burn my troll dolls because I really <gasps> loved those things. Oh, and they were somehow evil. <laughs> so I had yeah, to burn Because well, they had those naked gems. booties. Had those naked yeah. booties. That's what it and was. the gems and the belly and button. The that's, yeah. that's too, yeah, too cultural. <laughs> yeah, too cultural. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like for Southern Baptists, you know, the, and you, especially if you're already homeschooled, they already have that mentality. Men are first, yes. you know, women are yes. docile, women are 100%. at home. So I feel like while, yes, you saw some, probably some big changes, I feel like initially it probably didn't feel too terribly no, dramatic. It didn't. Um, yeah. Cause pretty much my life was already that way. And I think that's why, many of the cult members were Southern Baptists because mm -hmm. that, that belief structure was already there. So it falls into place. Yeah. 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 Wow. And, and how was that change for change for your brothers? You have two brothers, right? Yeah. Um, was that, 
same thing for me at that age. Like we just thought it was weird that we were having to <laughs> burn our stuff, but we also thought, yeah. also thought having a fire was kind of cool because we were kids. <laughs> so we were yeah, like, yeah, let's, let's burn stuff. Burn stuff. <laughs> yeah, we weren't. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. So yeah, no, they were. It we at first we were like cool with it because it didn't change right. our lives. Like we still saw our friends because. Also, our friends were getting into the same thing we were, so we weren't alone. Yeah, um, right. So, nope, nothing weird. Mm. And tell us about the the seminars that you would go to. That was the summertime, right? How did those work? And as you got older, how did things change in in the way that you know you, you saw the world and the way that it it, it functioned, kind of you know as in in the cult. Yeah. So this. The main seminars, the big money makers for Bill Gothard were the basic seminar. And then there was like a more advanced version called the advanced seminar. And the people who were in the cult didn't necessarily, um, well, the people who attended the seminar didn't necessarily join the cult. So mm -hmm. once we joined the cult, we were basically required to attend those seminars. Mm -hmm. And as a child though you would be sent to what was called the children's institute so mm -hmm. during the seminar you'd get booted to um i would call it like a day camp a christian day camp and you would have teams and um okay. as i as i got older i became one of the leaders leaders when, mm -hmm. yeah then you you become a leader and then you do all stuff and of course during those times we were being indoctrinated with the um, just Bill Gothard's ideologies that right certain thoughts are sins and you know all of all of that. Um, mm -hmm. So once I aged out of that, um, the cult has classes that you can attend at training centers. Then they also have training center staff. It's the same kids. So you can pay to go to a seminar. One that I went to was a music theory seminar, which was, mm -hmm. it was good information, but it wouldn't give you any sort of actual accreditation for anything. Right. Um, I really believe it was, again, just one of Bill Gothard's ways to make money um, because it was so expensive. It was three weeks. And I want to say it was a couple of thousand dollars. Jesus. And wow. Yeah. So. Could have gone to gymnastics camp for that. Right. <laughs> so that was in uh he would buy up old hotels and renovate them and those are would be the training centers where we would go. And people still stayed in the hotels. Mostly it was cult families staying in the hotels. But if I wasn't going to a class at a training center, I was being sent to be on staff at the training center, which just meant hotel staff. So right. the girls, and we were all 18 and under, um, mostly 14, 15, 16. So we were doing hard hotel labor for free. Not just for free. My parents actually had to pay for me yeah. to have the privilege to go to work for free at Bill Gothard's hotels. Crazy. Right. Yeah. That's and insane. And so yeah. so can anybody just walk into one of these places and, and check in a hotel? Did you see that often? Like... Um, a couple times, and yes, and it was yeah. so weird because you're thinking, how did you find this? How, yeah. Where are you from? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> especially the one that is in Flint, Michigan. It doesn't exist anymore 
as a cult training center, but they had this huge, um, it was called the Crim race where people would run and it was a marathon or something like that. I don't know a lot about running, but um, so <laughs> <I do>. all, <laughs> thousands of runners would come to Flint, Michigan and stay in the hotel. They sponsored it. They had all this. Oh, so wow. we were, and so after that was like the hardest work time I'd ever experienced. We were not sleeping for like four, four or five days just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning these hotel rooms and eating and then cleaning and cleaning. And uh, like, it was, Oh my gosh, it was insane. It was the hardest. Yeah. I've and ever your parents were paying for you to do that. Yes. So he's getting paid from these people that are coming to stay there. Yes. And then he's getting paid labor to him. I mean, yeah. he's, I mean, it. he's not stupid. I mean, he's, he's. No, and he's not stupid. And he now, well, now past 10 years sort of timeline, he obviously is rich. And oh, yeah. so I, it's my personal belief and opinion that the abuse that happened under these situations, either the accusers have been paid off mm -hmm. Um PDs have definitely been paid off, in my opinion, um, because yeah. I don't understand how how that could exist right. um, without any charges. Because there are such such strict laws, at least e even from the time that I was starting to work at 15, 16 years old. Yeah. There's such strict laws for who can work and how many hours and where you can work. Like, how is he getting around all of this? Is religion. it just because it's education and oh, religion? Oh, re exactly. Religion. And it's religious. It's not It's not yep. a business. It's a ministry. Business. Yep. So, wow. It's so probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh. and not only volunteer work, but we were paying to be there. So yeah. it was even like worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I'm going to pay you know, my for my kid to be an indentured servant. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And of course, the parents were like, it's good for them to be hard workers. Okay, I get that, but not like that, you know? Yeah. Not, not I know. <laughs> it, can you go into a little bit like at these places you said that the girls and the boys were kept pretty separate and how yeah. the boys were um, really given jobs to design to help them move up in the world. How did that kind of structure into this hotel environment? Yeah. So the boys were um, the girls were housekeeping and then the boys were everything else, maintenance, um, construction and things like that. So if they needed, if there was a boy that had been sent to a training center that didn't have any knowledge of anything, he got actual training in elect mm. in electricity, electricity. What am I saying? <laughs> electrician? Electrician. Like electrician. electrician. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in construction. In, so hmm. they got taught real skills real training. by professionals. Right. And there was one, um, even at the back to the Flint one, one of the um, boys wanted to learn how to be a uh, an elevator repairman. And so they paid for him to go to that kind of school. And so he was certified and he could and he was telling me about it one time while we were riding in the elevator. The only time we ever could speak to each other. Yeah. Um, how he was excited because after this he could go out and actually get a job doing that and it, it paid well. Hmm. And I was yeah. like, wow. 
So they're getting real life skills and you're just getting, well, I mean, in their mind, you were getting real life skills, I guess. Right. Learn exactly. how to clean and take care we of We were people. getting the only skills we needed to know. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. crazy. So, and yeah, yeah. What was your mindset at this point? Did like, were you thinking like, oh, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to stay in this church. I'm going to find someone here and get married. Was that, was that yep. your mindset? Yep. I was then, like, I'm going to, some boy is going to want to court me. We're going to court. We're going to get married. We're going to have babies. I was totally down. I'm going to live the wow. dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the other thing that you kind of go into in your TikToks is this kind of this military type academy. Um, I think if, if I'm remembering correctly, <laughs> yeah. at what point did that kind of switch gears for you? Because you went to work there too, as right? Yes. I worked at a lot of the training centers um, because – my home life was – I didn't like it, and I would yeah. get um, spanked to the point of abuse. And so oh, I Jesus. thought at least at the training centers, I can't get spanked. So yeah. I would just rather go there. So mm -hmm. this military, it's it's such, it's such a laughable place. It still exists. You can still go through this program to this day. Um, they send boys – it's just like – basic training they try to make it like basic training for the army um they have barracks where they stay they have uniforms um it's in big sandy texas which is actually close to me so sometimes i'm like okay hmm. what if what's going on yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that is they they talk about it as if it were a like a search and rescue type of training definitely mm. not it's way more paramilitary they learn guns and proper okay. care of guns and all this stuff which like search search and rescues probably not going to do that but i they actually asked me to come work there which was rare right um, i was going to think that's not a that's not a girls place. no not <laughs> not at all yeah but someone um had so you have to submit projects to the cult oops my headphones, sorry. <laughs> um, you have you have to submit projects to the cult every now and then that they want you to complete to like complete your uh sorry, this is messing up for me. It's okay, mine does it too. So I'm always going like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to uh, to complete your indoctrination, they wanna know how you're doing. So um, when I would be home, I would be working on those kind of projects and mm -hmm. they were all super ugly. And so I redesigned it in Microsoft Word to make it cute and prettier. So right. someone at headquarters, the headquarters of the whole cult saw it and was like, we need a graphic designer in at alert at the military academy. And she looks like she's doing all right. So let's ask her to come. So... I went and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to fuck this up. I'm going to act right. I'm not going to try to – I didn't ever try to get in trouble, but sometimes – Yeah. It is what it <laughs> is. It is what it's it is. It's inevitable. Yeah. 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 Just being a human being was offensive to them, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no. Having a vagina was offensive. Yeah. There you, there you go. There you go. Yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I went – and um, I was actually super excited because I loved doing that kind of stuff. I had no training whatsoever. I made it in Microsoft Word. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even know how to do that now. Um, yeah. So I went and I was immediately all <laughs> – sorry, I jump around a lot. Um, That's okay. It, they have a huge campus. It's thousands of acres. 
part of that is an actual neighborhood of houses and that's where their staff lives. And so there were two houses where the girls staff lived and I was pretty much told right away that I wasn't ugly enough to eat dinner with everyone in the mess hall like everyone was allowed to. So I needed to go home for lunch and dinner. Um, and that was just going to be the best choice for the me. boys. Don't be tempting those boys. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of a backhanded compliment. So I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but Thanks for saying but I'm I was like, too hot for the mess hall. Yes, I'll be going yes. home. <laughs> I know. And so I was like really trying to mind my P's and Q's because I really liked the job. The experience. And, yeah. Which, by the way, my dad was paying for me to go do. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I was called into the highest ranking dude's office a lot. They called him the Colonel. I could not take that seriously, but about how I was dressed, like he didn't particularly like this skirt I was wearing the other day because it had pockets on the back of it. And (gasps) And it's situated. Maybe having that. Yeah. So, I would get called into his office with either just him or him and his second in command, another full grown man and being told that I'm essentially dressing like a slut and I need to stop it. And I'm all by myself. I'm 17. I have no one to stand up for me, no one to to take my side or anything. So I would leave the office just being like, so traumatized. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah. So I was there for a few months and finally one, oh, one activity I would do is I would go kayaking. They had a lake behind the houses in this neighborhood. So I would go kayaking by myself in a skirt, in a long skirt down to my ankles, just because I wanted something to do. So um, he called me into the office and said, "Um, you can't go kayaking anymore because um, are the families that live in the houses reported that you were just going to do that to show off? Show off what, what? your kayaking no, skills? I have no idea. Yeah, right. Like, um, I don't know. They just didn't like right. it, so I wasn't allowed to kayak anymore. Wow. So that was one strike, apparently, and one strike was enough. So he called me in again, and he said, "Your dad's coming to get you today. Go back to your house and pack up all your stuff." And I was like, "What the heck?" And Jesus. Um, I called my dad and I was like, are you coming here? He's like, yeah. Do you know why though? And I'm like, no, they didn't tell you why. And he didn't, he, this was, this was sort of the end of the end for my parents too. We were all kind of seeing, wow, this is bullshit and mistreatment and it shouldn't happen this way. So I wasn't allowed to, um, he told me specifically, it was a Saturday, they had brunch. He's like, don't, you're not allowed to go to brunch. You have to just go home. And I was, I, I snapped. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. buddy. So I went to brunch and I sat there just to make everyone feel awkward. And there was another girl leaving on good terms and they gave her this little book of like prayers or something and everyone said goodbye to her and they like sang a song for her because they're always singing and it's so stupid but then the girl who had who had given her the gift came over like all awkward and like gave me one too and i'm like i picked it up and i walked over to a trash can and threw it in the trash can as loud and hard as i could because i was going out 
with a bang. If I was going out, this yeah. was, I was going out with a bang. If they had told me any reason why, even if it was a dumb one, like we don't like how you dress or blah, if they had said yeah. anything, any reason, I probably wouldn't have done that. But it was definitely just under a cloud. When I left with my dad, I felt like the biggest slut shaming feeling I've ever felt in my life because yeah. they clearly didn't want me there because of the way I look, the way I dress this. And I, and I, so I trashed the book and they kept talking to me when they would call me into the office about this one particular guy, barely knew who he even was, but I saw him in the hallway and I walked right up to him and I was like, they're sending me home. Do you know why? And he was so scared. He literally turned around and ran away from me in the hallway. He probably went to and pee his like, pants. Yeah, good. <laughs> He's like, they've outed me. I'm lusting after her. She's my, she's my wet dream in the bedroom. Literally, <laughs> literally. And so I left. And that's so funny you say that because I had a friend um, recently who her brother was there at the same time I was there on staff. And apparently mm -hmm. after I left, they had ha had to have a meeting with all of the guys explaining why I left and they had to pray with them over my attitude and, oh, and how Jesus. I made them feel. Yeah. So they had a meeting about me. So we don't like sex was, meeting. Let's get to together, boys. We don't, right, we don't. Right. So that was the last draw for me. And I, I told my, I told my parents I'm done. I'm leaving home. Um, and it took them a few more years to truly, truly be, we're done with this, but that yeah. was definitely the, one of the biggest the start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So was that your, that, that was your final straw? Did you, were you just cut and dry after that? This is not something I'm going to do. What, how old yep. are you at this point? I was just about to be 18. Okay. Okay. So when so I turned five 18, years, six years in it. Yeah. yeah. And so when I turned 18, I went and taught English in South Korea. I literally went as far from wow. home yeah. as I possibly could. Uh, and how was I, that adjustment for you? Um, it was a culture shock, but um, it felt so nice to just be in charge of myself mm -hmm. and yeah. not be in charge of other people's thoughts and feelings. And I thought I'm in a whole different country. They don't think that way here. This right. is, you know, I'm diff I'm not in that community. I'm not in anything yeah. close to it. So I felt for once like I was actually my own person mm -hmm. and it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And, and how was it getting, like, do you still have feelings of like, oh, I'm not being modest enough or like, you know, do you that feel shame. like you're tempting other people or that, that sh slut shaming that you were talking about? Has that followed you into your new no, life? No, it hasn't. But, um, it, it turned into just the worst self-esteem because yeah. I never thought I was good enough to just even exist. Um, I was constantly right. having to, you know, justify my existence. So I didn't even wear wow. a bikini until I was 23, 24. I didn't wear shorts because not that I thought I was going to go to hell or anything, but I just – didn't feel comfortable. Um, right. I, it well, you're conditioned weird. to be in a right. certain way all the time. Exactly. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. To this day, it's hard for me to wear shorts because 
I feel like everybody's staring at my legs and it's just simply not true. And people don't give that much of a shit. And in my mind, I know this, (laughs) but in my, in my heart, I'm just like, you can't wear that because, um, people will care and they, they don't care. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So So, uh, talk me through kind of, I think I recall that when the Duggars came on TV, you had already left the church, correct? Um, yes. I was trying to remember what year they yeah, no, yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, yes. How uh, do you know how that affected everyone? What was the general consensus? I know eventually they were they were kicked out because they were too. Yeah, I don't know. Throwing um, too much angle, fact, right? No. Yeah, they they were. <laughs> well, probably brought too much I, attention I, to them too. Honestly, yeah, and um, but they still speak at conferences and stuff, so they're not yeah. totally. Oh. I think Jim and his wife, or or Jim, I think, is still very involved. Because I'm sure they bring in a lot of money, so Bill probably can't totally cut ties because Mm -hmm. he wants the money. So Jim um, charms on his own kids. I mean, he's like, I have so I have no clue what the Duggars are doing currently. I'm still watching the first season, so I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying on purpose not to check up on them currently because yeah, yeah. I want to follow the show yeah. as it goes. Um, There's so, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. I, I listened to Crystal Ball, Crystal Ball, who's a YouTuber, yeah. and yeah. she she's basically like spills the tea on all of the reality shows, and the Duggars yeah. are one of her favorites. So yeah, I oh, definitely God. heard I'm a sure lot about them over the years. Yeah, I'm mess. sure it's a mess. Um, but yeah, so I don't. Well, we weren't allowed to watch TV or know anything about pop culture or re- or have internet mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, uh-huh. I, we didn't. I didn't know anybody who knew about their show or anything until later in my twenties. And um, I had found a couple of people on Facebook and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. have you seen the Duggars on TV?" And I'm like, "No," and I have no interest. So <laughs> I don't I go back there. Even, yeah, even when I heard about it, I was like, "I'll pass." <laughs> Yeah. So watching it now is pretty interesting. Yeah. How has that been for you? I know that there's a couple times you were watching, like I remember you were watching the first season and they were talking about shared closets because, you know, everyone just basically with the clothes, it's impossible to separate yeah. everybody's clothes. And, you have and it makes kids. sense. It totally makes sense. But when you've, known i don't want to try to put this delicately when you've known young girls who were treated wrongly by their Mm -hmm. fathers or brothers yeah and and other males in the cult seeing a room where two people two genders would gather and change clothes i flipped out (laughs) yeah i couldn't handle that concept at all and I, i i hated that i still hate it yeah. And that was an issue with the Duggars. I mean, I don't know if you got yeah. there yet, but that was a totally. big issue with Joshua. Um, well, yeah. and I heard about Josh through yeah. a family grapevine thing because okay. I've met the Duggars. Yeah. I don't know them on that level, but I know we knew who they were. And I've met I've met the girls a lot by because we're the same age, so we were going through a lot of the same programs at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, so hearing about that not from TV, not from pop culture, but from like somebody's mom. And then my mom told me and I don't know. I just wasn't surprised. 
Um, um, I mean, because, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be either. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think at this stage he should have any sort of a platform whatsoever. And I think yeah. that his wife should leave him. But that's just my opinion. Well, and, and going, I was just touching on that real quick. It's funny because I, I try to remember, I think it was Ryan. I had, we did like a random, you know, duel one day when we both got duels on TikTok. And we were talking about this, particularly about, um, you know, because the big thing right now is the whole pedophilia and, and these concerns around children. And, and I said, but ironically, like 76% of those are white males. And most of them have some type of affiliation with the church. And it's because of yeah. that, that shame that is put on them by the church that mm -hmm. creates this thing that not only do they not act on their feelings and emotions and lust, whatever you want to call it, but they, they end up doing these things that are totally like off the wall, you mm. know, in secret because of the fact that they've yeah. been shamed for so long. So it's like, it's just another part of the church culture that is like, right. Not only harming it in the moment, but for years to come and into perming other people. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine how many like young girls have been right. abused in that type right. of environment. Well, when you yeah. suppress sexuality, right. just, so constantly suppress, suppress, suppress. Yeah. And then you're sharing a closet with your sisters and changing yeah. in front of them. It's gonna yeah, yeah. come out sideways. And that obviously yeah. doesn't make it right. Well, not only this, but like, yeah. Well, not only suppressing the sexuality, but just suppressing our ability to express talk any it. feelings yeah. or thoughts at all. Right. They so don't even talk about it. Right. So even if a young boy thought, wow, I feel weird. I need to talk to someone about this. They wouldn't even get to that point. They wouldn't even right. get to the discovery yeah. point of what am I feeling? Because that was right. that was taboo. You don't thing. talk about it. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. I agree. How was your growing up that way for you? How, how did you kind of come into your, for lack of a better word, sexuality while being suppressed? Like how did that, how was that experience for you? Yeah. So my first sexual experience was actually at a training center. Um, and <laughs> I, I have talked about it on my TikTok. So, um, and I think every time I say, I think I've talked about this on my TikTok, I think of a new thing and I'm like, Oh, maybe yeah. so, who knows? Um, <laughs> So looking back, it was definitely um, a non-consent situation, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I didn't realize that for the longest time because I didn't fight back and I liked him and, you know, all these things. Um, right. He was older than me. Uh, he was 22, I believe. Wow. And I was 17 and, oh, I may have been 16. Did he work Honestly, there? I can't remember. Uh, do I? Did he work there at the training yeah. center? Yeah, so he worked in maintenance that the boys side, and I worked in, in housekeeping, and we were both leaders, <laughs> and so we both had master keys to everywhere, and he actually, my friend actually liked him, and she was also my roommate, so they were trying to, like, get together all the time, and so I was like, you guys can just hang out in our room. I don't care. I'm just going to be sleeping. I love to sleep all the time because they – they don't let you sleep much because that's how they mm -hmm. control you. Right. So Keep you exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, y'all can do whatever. I'm going to get my four hours of sleep. Peace out. So it's crazy. they would come into my room on the other hotel bed. And I don't even know what they did, to be honest with you. Uh, noises happened. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Then one night, I guess she fell asleep. I don't know. And he hopped in my bed and he started making out with me. And I was like, okay, that's not bad. So I made out with him back. And then we basically did everything except actually have sex. So throughout the time that I was there and actually we were not detected. We were not discovered by anyone, but someone narked on me after I left. And of course I was the one that got in trouble because the girls bore it's, the You're the center. You're the one that's, you know, right. you enticed. I was the temptress mm-hmm. and yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah. So um, Bill <laughs> called, um, called my house and the leader like, of the your- call. Yeah. He was like, get your dad on the phone. And I'm like, oh, no. So he wanted to know what happened. And I was like, so uncomfortable. (laughs) All all around, it was bad. But I felt like, Uh, oh, my God. Like, it was. So what I come to realize now was very weird was that Bill asked very specific questions. He was like, well, at what time did he touch you here? And what time did he, et cetera, et cetera. And after about 15 minutes of this questioning, I was like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. And I like put the phone aside and I was like, dad, I don't like this. And he's like, yeah, let's hang up. And so (laughs) I was like, okay, bye. And I just hung up. (laughs) Okay, bye. Yeah, like, I don't like this anymore, bye. (laughs) So that is, was so gross. Well, like, didn't, didn't he have allegations of, of sexual misconduct too? Tons. Can tons. You talk to that about. Talk to yeah. that. Uh, um, talk so about I that can't. I can't speak really specifically because I don't want to tell other people's stories for sure. them. So yeah. I was never. He never was inappropriate with me on that level. Um, but I would be in the room when he would be sitting next to a girl and filling up on her leg on uh, under her skirt type of thing. Um, and I, I still have blocked those emotions and feelings out. I couldn't tell you what I was thinking or feeling mm-hmm. during those moments. He clearly thought that I was someone that could be trusted because mm-hmm. I witnessed him doing a lot of stuff. Um, and in fact, I lived in Seattle a few years ago. I worked for a major shipping um, conglomerate, whatever you want to call. And my work phone rang one day, and it was a police officer from well from where the cult is headquartered, and basically telling me that I was a witness listed in several cases, and would I ever be willing to? And I'm like, yes, I will be on the next plane, and then nothing ever came of it. So. That's what I saw with uh, Bill specifically, but many of the male leaders had inappropriate oh, I'm um, sure. it, things with the girls. So, yeah. and then of course, just the boys in the cult followed sort of Josh's lead, Josh Duggar's lead sometimes, and sometimes their own leadership's lead in that, you know, women were just objects and we wouldn't tell anyone. And even if we did, it would be our fault anyway. So it really set up a culture for widespread abuse. Yeah. 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 And was there any ever like, I mean, like, why did he never get married? Did anybody, was there any chatter about that? He said it was God's calling for him not to be married. 
So people are just like, okay. Some of it though. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I don't recall ever talking about it with, we just didn't care. Like at some points we made fun of him because he was so old that we were like, yeah. He's never gonna get married. <laughs> like, yeah, no. He's in his seventies. Like, he's gonna die alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and like, why get married when you have your pick of, you know, innocent children? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ridiculous. Jeez. So, yeah. uh, what's the general attitude towards the Duggars? I mean, are they idolized? Are they? And then other, I know you've talked about some other people who are like kind of famous within that circle. Yeah. What, what's the, how do yeah. people react to the Duggars? So, I don't know how the Duggars are taken now in the cult. I have no idea. I don't, ha- I don't speak to anybody that's still in. Um, so, I don't know. I would be curious to know that myself. What, yeah. what are they? What do people think about them? Um, it would be weird if someone had opinions about it because you're technically not supposed to watch TV or have internet. Right. So right. you would have to wonder. Yeah. yeah. How <laughs> but, do you know um, about us? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so and then um, with the girls, I mentioned um, some girls that I sort of related to being influencers in the cult. Right. Because – they were allowed to do things that we weren't allowed to do. And they were speakers. They would speak at conferences to us Mm. as girls. They were allowed to wear makeup. They were allowed to do their hair. They had perfect hair, perfect makeup, perfect clothing. In fact, Mm -hmm. some of the rules that we weren't allowed to do, like have a a button down shirt that gapped, like if there was any gaps in between the buttons, if your (gasps) boobs were like pulling them out too much, even if you had a shirt on underneath, they would make you change. They were allowed to do that. Um, one specific thing I can remember, but, um, yeah, it was, they were definitely treated differently. Uh, it was definitely a situation to where we were told to look up to them and Mm -hmm. they were the perfect ones. Uh, I feel like that's in the regular church though, too. Those, those special women that are like the leaders that, Mm -hmm. you know, keep the ladies in line basically. I mean, that's really what the job is. Because, the men are too lazy to actually do it. And so they got to make the women do everything, including keep right. their own selves in line. Crazy. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. It's all control. This is all what yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Everything is about control. It's crazy. Yeah, 100%. And fear. Um, so, yeah. yeah, fear, 100%. Absolutely. Um, are, isn't there another family that's on TLC right now? Or you did a little, some reviews the on base. them too. There, yeah. The, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hardly. I didn't even know. I didn't know them. I didn't hear about them while I was in. Um, And I, I'm only seeing them now on the show and I'm only on the first season. Um, But Gil, the dad um, is on the board of directors. So of the Colts and he's also all over their websites and everything. So they're still like, maybe it's just the parents and the younger kids. I don't know, but they're still heavily involved. Hmm. In the vault, um, for That's sure. So crazy, yeah. Um, what about the the other family the, of the blonde kids? The um, the plat uh, the plaths. Plaths, yeah. The they're not. They're not. In, they're not in the cult. They just have a lot of the same fundamentalist ideas okay. and stuff like just that. Just another but extremist they, type religious yeah. group. Yeah. Yeah. I watched one episode of theirs because people were asking me if they were. And I'm like, all right, let me watch an episode and yeah. put it on TikTok. And definitely has the same 
But to me, um, what I thought was an interesting difference was the parents in the Plathville show seemed to me just to be very overbearing and controlling and they own it. Whereas right. with cult parents, it was more, we're overbearing and controlling because God told us to told be. Us to be. And mm -hmm. God said, you're going right. to hell if you don't raise your children perfectly. So there was almost this, God was almost the, the scapegoat for their yeah. decisions. So I kind of, even though the Plath's parents are highly incorrect and inappropriate in most of the things they do, they at least own the fact that this is our decision. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's rare and that you see people own it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially when it's so extreme. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all about it too. They're like, yeah, we don't want this girl to go to college because we don't want her to, to get any Exposed. crazy ideas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And the, the class mom will say the stuff that the, the cult moms are thinking, but probably would never say because yeah. they wouldn't want to, um, I don't know. They wouldn't want to seem inappropriate or, mm -hmm. you know, just, yeah. I'm curious how you think that, how you think your TikTok has, you know, cause you were one of the first to come out. There have been lots of other people who have come out and told their story. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this has had um, any effect on society and making moves towards maybe an actual lawsuit against him? You know, do you think that it, it's moving in the right direction or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I am a little bit, on the fence about things because there have been plenty of people and plenty of years and plenty of money going into getting him basically yeah. and it just hasn't happened and so there is some shady shit going on that i'm not sure even TikTok can help with mm -hmm. um but there are just too many powerful white men involved in the cult. Um, oh my gosh, there was one guy. I'm not going to remember his name. I'll try to make a video about it later. But he was actually like, I want to say in the oil industry. I'm, I don't remember his name right now. But I'm going to make a mental note to make a video about it. Who used to be on the board of directors. Okay. So protecting Bill is their MO. And, yeah. At um, any cost. <laughs> at any cost. And yeah. so I am super glad that people feel um, brave enough to start telling their stories on TikTok like I did because it has been so therapeutic. Um, just being heard and people saying, you know what, I hear what you're saying. And that was fucked up. Um, yeah. Because I haven't had that in my life because I don't open up to people. Um, well, now I do because it's all you on put TikTok. yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm more open about it now, but, um, just simply being validated is, uh, something very foreign to, to kids who grew up in a cult like that. Um, yeah. and it's, it's amazing. And I'm so glad that there's more people on TikTok talking about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How has your experience been through all this? Has it been positive, negative? Oh, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah. Um, I, it's been 100% positive. The only, and I wouldn't even call this a negative because 
um, it's helping me learn more about myself is I have to take long breaks sometimes and not post about it, not talk about it, not think about it, because it's really exhausting trying to process all of this information and trauma every yeah, day, absolutely. even every week. I will take weeks yeah. off sometimes and not and just recoup. Um, yeah. But but despite that, it's definitely been the most positive experience I could have ever imagined. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking when I posted my first one. I'm not sure if I was like, what would happen if people saw this? You know, I yeah. didn't even think that far. Right. <laughs> so well, I mean, when you post that first one, yeah, you post <laughs> yeah. that first one, it's like, what, 10 people are going to see it? Like, you know, right. whatever. If anybody, because I was yeah. really going to use it as like my, my journal. Um, right. Bec because I, Weirdly enough, so my therapist is like, you need to keep a journal. And I had just separated from my most recent ex-husband. And I had been trying to keep a journal again because a previous therapist told me the same thing. He went and read it. So people oh, in my life do not allow me to have a safe space bound yeah. by paper for some reason. Right. <laughs> so right. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make myself a little TikTok account and we'll keep my thoughts organized here and <laughs> and share with the world. Yeah. Now, now here we are. <laughs> what has been something that you kind of carried on from, from your childhood? Have, is there anything that you have? What, you know, do you have any challenges with that? Um, tons. I, I, it's hard for me to put it into words because that's one of the challenges is mm -hmm. not being able to like when I'm in therapy or when I'm trying to uh, process something, I have to pull out a feelings chart like a little kid because mm -hmm. I don't know what. You didn't have a I voice. Have to, exactly. I have to pick which one fits what I might be feeling. And I second guess myself all the time. I'm codependent, um, very codependent because I had to manage everyone's emotions and around me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, it's been, there's a lot of, of baggage uh, that I'm not sure as much as I can work on it in therapy and do the work every day. Um, it's not a situation where one day I'm going to be like, Oh, finally free of all of it. Yeah. It's something I'm going to have to work with every single day of my life. So totally. absolutely for sure. Yeah. yeah. What I'm curious, what's what's your relationship with like with your brothers? Like how did they come out of it? Yeah. So after I left, um, and my parents had already been treating my brothers differently as far as even just down to schoolwork. They were more um focused on their education than mine. Mm -hmm. So my brothers had been going to dual credit college classes. Um so if you're homeschooled in Texas, you can go to like the local yeah. college and do high school like a bright like a bright horizons kind of thing or yes. Like, yes yeah, yeah. so they had both been doing that for a couple of years and which was very non-culty because the cult didn't want you to spend time with anyone except cult people oh, okay. so my parents are very very smart people um which i'm always intrigued to hear how people get into cults because my parents are very 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 intelligent people and my mom actually supplemented our homeschool education with things because she saw that the the cult education was not an education it's at lacking. all lacking mm -hmm. yeah so um when i left 
that's pretty much when my parents were like, ugh, we won't mess with the boys and in involving them in the cult anymore. They never had to go to the training centers. Um, what? They never had to do anything that I did. <laughs> so wow. I'm not sure. You know, um, my parents aren't and I are on really good terms now. And I would love to ask them about that specifically someday. Mm -hmm. But they're also having to come to the term to terms with the fact that they were in a cult. So yeah. mm -hmm. it's processing for them too. So yeah, I still do have questions about that kind of thing for them. But my brothers are very successful young men now. <laughs> one of my brothers is a pilot in the Air Force and the other oh, wow. one is an wow. officer in the army and he just finished law school. So yeah, they're, they're wow. great. And they definitely grew up with the same household as me. So the idea of um, the ideas that we learned in the cult, as far as heaven versus hell, um, mm -hmm. not allowed to show feelings that also affected them too. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how specifically we, it's not, you know, when we get together, we don't know. What, we don't want to really talk about the cult. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I, I wonder why. No. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But I feel um, overall, out of our family, I was the one that was most participatory in the cult activities. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I know you've talked about forgiving your parents. Can you tell yeah. us that story? Yeah. So it. When I left home, I didn't really want to speak to them. Um, then I got married really young and really didn't speak to them for years and years. Um, just some casual things here and there. But I did not want to have a relationship with them. I was mm -hmm. done with them. Yeah. Um, and then just, I guess, by maturing and growing up a little bit, I decided I wanted to talk to them about it. Mm -hmm. And they apologized to me almost immediately. They said wow. we should not have done that and we should not have been involved that way. And so that was huge. Like that healed a little bit of me. So yeah, yeah I'm so grateful for them being, being, being just evolving as people. Right. Um, right. It was super important. And, now, to this day, we have boundaries that we don't cross with each other just because you don't want to rehash stuff over and over. It's not helpful for anyone. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, they they don't even go to the same type of church anymore. <laughs> they go to a totally different denomination and everything because yeah. they definitely realized this is, this is not right. Wow. And yeah. So, which, uh, again, I'm grateful for. Yeah. And many of my friends don't have that same um luxury story yeah, yeah um a lot of the the parents are still sort of in the trenches of the cult mentality right. so yeah well you hear all of these stories you know with especially with the mormon church where you know uh, there mm -hmm. are like thousands of uh homeless gay boys in salt lake city who are just mm -hmm you know, wandering around, yeah. you know, they have no one to call family and their yeah. family has just abandoned them. It's so sad. 
do, do you see any of that? I mean, there isn't really like a central area where, you know, this right. Is, which is but. so crazy to try to explain ATI to people is because people automatically think cult one place, it's a compound. It's a, right. But Bill Gothard's little dirty fingers spread literally all over the world. There was a training mm -hmm. center in Moscow. There was a training center in New Zealand, um, all wow. over. So, yeah. uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I saw boys come to training centers for the sole purpose of curing their gayness. Mm -hmm. So, so, so would, those camp situations. Right. So yeah. Bill Gother didn't have a conversion camp of his own. He would suggest other ones or just suggest they be sent to the training centers okay, for one-on-one -on -one work. Outsourcing. Yeah. So it was, it was so sad. And actually my younger brother is gay. So I, um, he went through a lot and, and I have no clue what that was like for him. Even he, you know, he's explained yeah. it to me and stuff, but, um, I want him to get on TikTok and tell his story because yeah. he's got a totally different story than I do having and viewpoint, that. you know, being a yeah. boy. Right. I'm I'm yeah. curious. So did he did um did he get these people by connecting to these churches? Is and like were it mainly Southern Baptist? Like was there any type of way that he kind of indoctrinated these people with his seminars? Like what was his? It was. I mean, you said so, he came to his your church, right, and was like, "Oh, we're offering a teaching class for kids or whatever, or parenting." Yeah. So in the seventies, his seminars were huge. Like hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of people would go to them. I have no idea how it first started, but I do know that the fear of having kids getting into drugs, going to jail. All of this stuff was what drove the parents to go to these seminars and his methods worked because his methods mm -hmm. were basically just beat the disobedience out of them and suppress anything that might arise. Yeah. Right. So his methods worked. So by word of mouth, parents would be like, wow, look at those kids. They're so well behaved. So they would go to the seminar. So they that's how it all terrified. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, we're not behaved, we're scared. <laughs> yeah. So that's how that grew. Um and then I can't remember if it was in the 80s or early 90s if you started ATI, I can't remember, but um it's all on the website so <laughs> people can research if they want to. Yeah. But literally I from what I know it was word of mouth based because the mm -hmm. kids coming out of this seminar training that their parents would have would end up being perfectly behaved robot children. So when in reality they were being abused at home. So uh -huh. then it just grew and grew. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. You know, I have yeah. to tell you a story. I was, I was driving around um, this preschool it says it said Goddard preschool but it was G-O-D-D-A-R-D and I we thought that it, too. I, like, I, was I just, just kind about of it. didn't really know and I was like, like oh. I was like what I was like preschool they're doing it in preschool <laughs> now and, and I like and I googled it and I was like oh phew, it's not the same thing okay good okay. <laughs> I just we have a do it in preschool just just FYI, preschoolers were definitely indoctrinated and 
oh and gosh. abused and all Jeez. that. So yeah, it wasn't preschool, but not that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have also, a. I have a goddamn school down the street like, from my house. That's too funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, is there anything, you know, you feel like stories or anything you feel like our listeners need to hear anything you want to get out in the open? You know, this is your, your um, platform you know, today. <laughs> it, you know, it's so funny because I just recently followed someone who started sharing her story on TikTok. And again, my mind, I can't remember her 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 handle right now, but she started talking about it. And she's like, my goal in talking about this is we want change in religious programs. We want more oversight in religious programs. And I've, I was like, wow, I haven't had a point to my TikTok at all, except just to talk and get it out, get it out. But I really like what she said. And um, if it's something I can do and help with and help change in, I absolutely will be involved in, in more oversight for religious programs. um, Because, because of the the government doesn't get involved and someone needs to yeah. because yeah. this is right. absolutely unacceptable so right that's all that's all i got well it's me. crazy to me you know i i hate to politicize this uh, no. even more but you know conservatives are so quick to draw parallels where they're saying oh you know the gays are responsible for this and, you know, trans people are responsible for this. And, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, you see these actual detriments of society that always somehow have a link back to religion and organized religion mm-hmm. of some yeah. sort where, where there's this hierarchy of power and they're not doing anything about it. And it's yeah. like, why? Because it's control, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, there really needs to be some sort of, of, you know, monitor monitoring program. Yeah. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you are organized religion <laughs> to the point where you are getting out of paying taxes, there yeah. should be some sort of program to monitor mm-hmm. what someone you're doing. looking into it. You know, that reminds me actually something I've wondered about with the cult and why it didn't become a federal investigation was there was a training center in Indianapolis and they would get orphans from Russia and bring them to the training center to, I guess they were problem children. I don't know, but they would abuse them. They would uh, just basically what happened just in general in the cult And the state of Indiana was finally like, you can't adopt orphans and then do this to them. Make manual labor and beat them. Right. (sighs) So the whole program got shut down and the orphans were adopted out out elsewhere. But that's where it stopped. Why? Why did it stop there? I've always wondered that. I don't don't know. Right. Because we live in a really ugly country anyways. (laughs) True. (laughs) <laughs> and of course, all of the Christians in the cult are like, oh, they're doing such a great thing, rescuing orphans. <sighs> yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's so amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. I'm like, most abuse to children happens in church families and in the churches. Like, I don't know why these conservative 100%. Christians ignore the shit out of that reality. Like they really do. It's not happening right. there. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Like it is. 
It is. And no, it's, it's Kamala nuts. with her rare, red shoes. It's her red <laughs> shoes, damn it. It's, it's Biden shoes. the pedophile. Yeah. I'm like, Save have you children. ever known a pedophile? Because I have. And <laughs> we ate one. <laughs> Not. <laughs> well, you know, like my, my church, and I was a Southern Baptist, but, you know, my husband cheated multiple times. Mm -hmm. And it was mm -hmm. like, now they didn't come out and blame me, but they definitely, but other people around us did. Um, that were in the church. Um, mm -hmm. But what my issue with them was, you know, um, they basically let his family kind of dictate my counseling and how I would be handled. Um, so that was really frustrating because basically I was at my wits end and I told, you know, I had like hidden all of the stuff that had been going on for years, you know, from my parents, from his parents, mm -hmm. from everybody, because yeah. silly me was worried people would think badly of us. You know, it was more about yeah. that, the, the visual of what people were going right. to think looking out, Absolutely. looking in. And um, so when I finally sat my mom down, um, who also was like now really heavily into a church, not my church, but into the church. And, you know, she didn't get saved and baptized until she was in her forties. Like, you mm -hmm. know, so she kind of found God late in life. And, um, and she was just like, okay, we'll figure it out. And I told her everything from beginning to end. So I thinking like, okay, I'm, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was in the choir. I was there every Sunday with my kids by my side. Like I was very mm -hmm. active. And so I went yeah. to my pastor and his wife and I'm like, I need to, to tell you something. So I basically put it all out there. Like I didn't leave anything behind. And like, I should, you know, this was his look. Okay. It's a lot. Like, he's just like, <laughs> wow. And, yeah. um, and then like, so, you know, when I, I straight up said, you know, right now I'm not in the mindset of repairing my marriage. I'm in the mindset of repairing me. And I mm. said that I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to work yeah. on me. Like I yeah. am. I'm, I had no emotions left. Like just the idea of leaving my husband didn't give me any pause. I had no, mm -hmm. I wasn't upset. Like you I was just dead done. inside. I was dead yeah. inside, like legit. Yeah. Right. And he was like, no, I totally understand. And very like sympathetic. And I'm like, okay. And then a week later, after a conversation with his family, I get called in with him and they're like, well, we've, we've, we've been talking and we've decided that, you know, we're only willing to counsel you together with the intent to repair the marriage. And I'm like, Oh gosh, that's a hard pass for me. I don't, I don't understand why people, since I've been so controlled in my life, I don't, I will never understand when or why people ever give control of themselves to anyone else. Yeah. ever i'll never understand that again it it's bonkers and, and then what's frustrating is the people in the church are mad at me like i mean like mad at me like you're destroying your family you're this that, and that and then the people outside of the church are like like even now because i kind of told my story on tiktok too you know you know in a 60 second little kind of video <laughs> yeah. and i had people on there like well that was stupid of you to think the church was going to help you and i'm like if you're you can't in, win you can't it's win. for huh yeah what is church what for is church then for? Right. right they're like you need to go to a real counselor i'm like okay first of all you you hate church and don't believe in god so i really don't feel like you're in a place to be like why did right. you do that oh i don't know right. because at the time that was my life and what i believed right. like you know and you just do the best you can with the resources you have right. and the knowledge you have you that's all you can right. do right 
But it just, it just, it just kills me because I mean, I I literally had a family member whisper in my ear, like, you know, days after, like, you need to stay in this marriage for your children. And I'm like, what about me? Like, what about my health and my well being? And, um, you know, it was, that didn't matter. That was women don't matter. No, no, no. Starbucks, but he's not going to be sure till like nine. No. Okay. <laughs> Children. Um, yep. <laughs> well, your uterus works, which we can. Yeah, yeah. That was that was your only job, really. So yeah, you know, it really you was. Fulfilled your life. I did it well three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what a wonderful story that was to hear. I'm so happy that you have been brave enough, you know, and I, you probably hear this all the time, but you know, I am just so, so happy that you have found that within yourself to tell your story because man, you know, we, we do appreciate it and keep doing what you're doing and please go follow everyone, go follow the pretty basic on TikTok. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you were, we'll be the experts on all things cult from, uh, here on out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm down. (laughs) Thank Um, you for having me. This was really fun. This was my first podcast ever. And this was a lot of fun. We loved your podcast, Cherry. You did. I even brought like a special (laughs) mic and everything. Yay. <laughs> um, are you only on TikTok or can we have our followers reach? Get, I'm the pretty you basic elsewhere? on Instagram too. Okay. okay. Cool. Yep. Awesome. I don't talk about cult stuff on there though. So if they if they want that yeah. kind of content, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not, yeah. not there. <laughs> Awesome. But well, we, thank I, you, I literally have a child breaking down the door. So, <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. with that, we will say goodbye for this week, and we will see yep. you next week on the Rabbit Hole Heroines. Bye. I'm not going. Ah, what's